of the flash podcast this is your podcast for the hit cw show the flash starring grant gustin as barry allen slash the flash and i'm one of your hosts Andrew Bites. and if you're a new listener to the podcast welcome we're so happy to have you and if you're a regular speedster welcome back glad you enjoyed season zero and glad to have you on for season one and uh, before we get to any discussion about the pilot or any flash news or rumors or whatever i just wanted to take a little time of you guys just to say that if you were here for season zero you knew that we had two co-hosts justin cavender and laura keeney and they had their intro episodes uh, during the season but after some schedule conflicts and some things in their private and professional life they sadly had to step away from the podcast and they will not be hosting the show with me but we wish them the best of luck with all their all their things and we hope to have them for an episode or two later this season but do not fear we ha- we have some new co-hosts uh, joining us now for the for the podcast first off uh, you know you have known him from season zero he is now a writer from cinema blend and he is adam holmes from adam welcome back to the podcast thanks for having me back andy and joining us for the first time, he is a good buddy of mine, and he is also a great podcaster. He hosts the Assembly of Geeks podcast, and he is Mr. Scott Murray. So, Scott, welcome to the Flash podcast. Thank you, Andy. It's nice to be with you. Uh, likewise, and once again, your voice is B.A. <laughs> it's, I'm just saying. And uh, as we... As the season is going to progress, we're going to get to know Scott a lot more, and uh, Adam is going to be one of our recurring guest ho- uh, co-hosts, uh, so he's not going to be here, for, for example, every episode, but he's going to be here for as many as possible. So, yeah, so let's jump to some flash news before we talk about um, the premiere. So, yesterday, as the, bef- just a few hours before the show kicked off, we got our first look at Wenworth Miller as Leonard Snart, a.k.a. Captain Cold, who will be appearing in episode 4 of The Flash, and these photos were, were released by Jeff Johns, executive producer of The Flash, as well as CCO of DC Entertainment. So, guys, what do you think about uh, the first look of um, Captain Cold? Uh, well, I think that the costume, because the problem with using with uh, superhero, uh, adapting superhero stuff for movies and TV, the costume, you want to p- make sure it pays tribute to the original comic book look, but at the same time, give it its own kind of flair. And I think that this is a really good adaptation on the Captain Cold costume that we've seen most often in the comics, you know, the blue coat, the goggles. It doesn't look exactly like what he wears. For instance, it's a much darker blue. But yeah. for TV, I think it looks great. And you, Scott? Um, yeah, well, I mean, I think it's... I think. It just adds to the excitement of the show that they're going to bring. They're already showing how they're bringing in one of his, um, you know, most famous arch nemesis to the program and giving people a look. I mean, when you have a good premiere like they did 
uh, this week to be able to release that to get everybody even more excited about what they've already seen was uh, a really smart move on their part, and it seems to be well-received. Yeah, I like the dark blue. I, I think one of the things that is becoming a norm now in the in the superhero franchise is, whether it's TV or movie, is that the colors are always going dark now. We we you know we have the Superman costume for Man of Steel, that's pretty dark. The Wonder Woman costume is also dark in shades and so on. And uh, it's the same thing now with Flash. And I think it makes sense. I remember the first set photo we saw of Wentworth as Captain Cole when he was just wearing a trench coat. And it it was in the middle of the day, and uh, we didn't even see a gun at that point. So, but I like this look. It's it's something that I can probably cosplay as next year at Comic Con, so I won't have to get too much weird weird fabric and so on. And uh, but it looks good. I really like this this uh, costume, and I and I like that he has the goggles. That's the most important part. I I didn't think they were gonna have the goggles. Yeah. Well, I mean, typically in the comic books, the goggles almost sort of look like a kind of slitted sunglasses in a way, so I'm at least glad they're giving him something to cover his eyes with. And let's talk about that gun for, for a second. First of all, it's it's big. It's really cool looking. It looks like something from a comic book, but still realistic. And um, Scott, since you're new here I wanted, uh, on the podcast, I wanted to get your thoughts on uh, the gun because, uh, I don't know, how much of the Flash comics have you read when it comes to Captain Cole or you know any of the, the rogues? None of them. Okay. <laughs> but, How's that? No, no, well, it's straight on. So, but uh, do you like uh, do you like the gun? Yeah, it's kind of interesting between the gun, the trench coat, and the sunglasses. You know, if he wasn't in the Flash, you could almost drop him into the Matrix. That's a good reference. That's a good point. <laughs> I, hmm, well, maybe. Uh, but yeah, it looks it looks good, and uh, we will see him in episode four. And um, next up, we have another image that was released. It wasn't really an official photo, but it was still something that uh, the showrunners put together. It was this banner that Daniel Panabrick was standing next to, and she posted it on her Twitter. And in the photo, you see it's like um, concept art. art. And um, I don't know. We're seeing the Flash, but we're also seeing something yellow, something familiar for Flash fans out there. Apparently, our first look at Reverse Flash, and uh, everyone has been talking about now who isn't in the suit, who is Reverse Flash, and um, Adam, what do you think about this photo? Well, first of all, it's kind of hard, it it is hard to tell who is in that suit, and I mean, yes, it is Reverse Flash, but we don't know if this is going to be Professor Zoom or some other Reverse Flash, but as far as the suit itself goes... It's basically everything you could ask for for a reverse flash, like costume adaptation. It's the same color scheme that we've seen in the comics, you know, the yellow, the backwards lightning symbol. So, again, a great a great costume for the TV show. Uh, Scott? Uh, yeah, well, it's going to be really interesting to see uh, who, you know, if who's going to step into that role. I know that that is one of many people. Some people have speculated that Dr. Wells is, uh, along with, um, perhaps maybe a uh, future Barry Allen as well has been one of the theories too, because, which is interesting to have read some of that because, you know, I kind of raised an eyebrow as to who, who is Dr. Wells? Is he good or bad? And, you know, where, where does he fit into all this? And that is, one of the theories that uh, people have floated out there that maybe he's going to be one of the 
reverse flashes. So, you know, I don't get too caught up in, in, you know, a lot of the details of what may or may not happen. Um, you know, especially after the pilot, I just think it's, it's just really off to a good start. And I'm just anxious to see, you know, where things go. I mean, you know, so much of fandom and geek culture right now is loaded with speculation and rumor. And after a while, you just, you, there's just nothing wrong with waiting just to see what happens. <laughs> so, Fair we'll see point. what happens. <laughs> to me, I think, first of all, I like that they're going with the, the yellow costume. It looks pretty much like Barry's costume, but it's just yellow and with a reverse flash symbol. But uh, I think it looks a lot like Rick Kuznet, to be honest. Uh, he, he reminds his smile looks very close to how Rick sometimes smiles in real life, and uh, he he also looks bulky. And if you look at Harrison Wells, he's not bulky. But no offense to Tom Cavanaugh, but but still, but it's cool to see that they will release so many cool photos and so so many things to get excited about for this season. And um, we have one other piece of news uh, that I Adam, what, what did it, what did the show get in? Uh, and its rating for this week. Well, it earned it earned about uh, four, I believe, about four point five million viewers overall. Um, about a one point six rating. I may be wrong on that number, but needless to say, it was the CW's biggest premiere in about five years. So, I guess we can say that this pilot was a success. No, really? Yes, really. No, it, uh, yeah, it, it, he's he's right. It's the biggest premiere in, in five years. It it actually succeeded Arrow's premiere date uh, in back in um, 2012, and um, yeah, and it, it even defeated um, Fox and ABC in that time slot. Well done, well done, CW, and uh, and also we we also had to remember that there will be live plus free ratings, so it could actually go up to beyond five million actually. Wouldn't be surprising. Yeah, and I think uh, I think the success of Arrow uh, made this possible. I think um, uh, you know it's interesting right now. Uh, we have a we've seen a variety of uh, geek TV shows in recent years. Some choose to go with an established character like the Flash, but we've seen a tendency to kind of want to do origin stories and things of that nature. And I think the fa- I think this is proof that an established character. Um, superhero show can work because I think there's been some fear uh, from producers on whether or not they can make it work, especially after the Wonder Woman debacle and whatnot. Oh, Lord. Um, You know, and but we now know that there's a Supergirl series coming. There's rumors about an X-Men series coming. The Flash is is a successful show, at least for starters. And I think that's because... Yeah, and yeah, and I think that's because um, the CW and Arrow figured out a way to make an established superhero TV show work, and there's a formula for it now almost. Yeah, and I and I also give a lot of credits to Smallville to be honest, even though it was a little more campy than Arrow is, it still showed us that you can have a superhero TV show and make it work with all its mythology and all the characters and costumes and whatnot. So yeah, it's it's both cr- props to Smallville and, and Arrow, to, to be honest, that's The Flash did so well. And uh, it's going to be an amazing ride, and who knows how long the show will go on for. Maybe, maybe it will be another Smallville for 10 years. <laughs> well, I definitely yeah. think it's one of the best shows, new shows I've, I've seen this fall. Agreed. I definitely. 
after having seen Gotham and I also seen the Constantine pilot Comic Con, I can't say anything about that pilot as of yet because it hasn't aired yet. Flash is the winner. Uh, it's I'm just gonna be honest with you guys. It is the best show of the fall out of all these three, and not because Gotham or Constantine doesn't have a super necessarily, but it's just it's fun. It's because those two shows they're very dark, they're very dark, and uh, it doesn't really feature a hero in the title, if you know what I mean. So, but it's still they're still good shows. So that I would definitely re- recommend to check those out and. Um, and yeah, Flash is gonna be it's gonna be a success, I think, for many many years. So, so let's talk about uh, this, the the Flash pilot called City of Heroes. And guys, as you know, we'll we'll go into full spoilers now. So if you don't if you haven't seen the episode yet, I don't know why you're listening then, but make sure to see the episode first and then come back and listen to this episode. So let's talk about Barry as you know as a character completely. What did you guys think about? his story in, in this pilot. Well, you know, we uh, if you've been watching Arrow, we already got an introduction to Barry during that two-part episode, but I think that this City of, Hero- City of Heroes did a really good job kind of setting Barry up for uh, new viewers who haven't seen him before. You know, he's an optimistic, an optimistic young man who, you know, he's had some tragedy in his life, but he still maintains a positive attitude you know he enjoys doing his job he's really good at his job as we saw in the beginning of the episode but you know he still has he still has those um issues that he's working with and uh like overall as a character i thought they set him up as a good sort of contrast to oliver queen and arrow you know he's serious he has a mission he's very he has those inner demons whereas barry yeah he has he's had some tragedy but he's much different yeah, I think uh, I agree. I think they 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 set it up nicely, and um, it, it's it's really kind of fascinating to see how they've kind of interwoven um, Arrow and the Flash, considering they are kind of you know uh, as Adam's alluding to, very uh, distinctly different themed. One's very dark. This is a little bit lighter. I mean, even in the very beginning, where Barry Allen is introducing himself, very much like. Oliver Queen does at the beginning of Arrow. Um, it's a it's a much more um, optimistic and kind of excited. I'm I'm a hero. I'm the you know fastest guy in the world, and here's what I do. Versus kind of sounding like being a hero is kind of a burden or a little bit darker themed um, in uh, in the Arrow series. So, and I and I also like how they took time for Barry to kind of figure out what he's going to do with this as opposed to just going, wow, cool, I have powers, now I'm going to go do stuff with it. I love the fact that he had to stop and decide, am I a superhero, can I be a hero, or am I just a guy that was involved in a lightning accident? And I think that's resolved really in a really cool way when he meets uh, Arrow, Oliver Queen, on the, uh, on the rooftop, and um, Arrow says, you know, the lightning didn't strike you, it chose you. And I thought that was a really nice line to kind of give him clarity that he can take what happened and turn him into a hero. And it was good to see him struggle with that at first and then make a conscious decision that he was going to use it for good. I agree with both of you. I think one of the things that I remember people complaining about a little bit when Grant Gustin was cast was that he was so young. He but is. I, yeah, he is. But I think that's the key why it worked. I think that's why... 
his Barry Allen works so well because you, you can kind of relate to him a little bit because, look, I'm 21, well, I'm 21 now, and he's only, what, 23, 24, so it's like you're close to his age, and he, he kind of has that spirit that a lot of fanboys and nerds and, you know, a lot of optimistic people do have, and um, and I think that's why you can relate to him, you can follow him so easily, and I think, you know, I remember when he was kind of, I was like, what? The guy, the, that guy from Glee, he's like 20, um, but now I see that this is one of the best castings of uh, superhero television, and I think as um, as a leading actor for for his own show, I think yes, he's not the, the groomy or the big or the bulky Stephen Amell or Green Arrow or whatever you want to say, but he's the he's kind of like the, the Superman of the CW TV universe right now when it comes to these two shows that he inspires you. He, it, it, you, you want to follow everything he does. You feel for him. You, you, you laugh with him. You, you cry with him. And it's, yeah, I think that's what made his role in this pilot so fun to follow. And uh, one of my favorite scenes in this whole episode is it's actually towards the end when he goes to see his dad. And I know we're going mm-hmm. out of order, but it's it's one of my favorite scenes. With John West. Um, yeah, with John the ship, and um, I, I remember I cried, I cried so much, um, because you know he he tells a story that remember when you told me that I should cha- that you wanted me to change my my last name so people wouldn't know that I was your son, that just broke me, <laughs> because you you because first of all we know that Henry isn't guilty. I I still question how they were able to arrest him when he. What, what what did they find on, find on him? A murder weapon or his fingerprints? I don't know how he got arrested and how he got accused of killing um, his own wife. But it's All circumstantial. A, yeah, okay, okay, we will go with that. And yeah. it's it's still a scene that really moved me. And, um, and it all sets up a good goal for the show. Because there's going to be a lot of missions and there's going to be a lot of focus for Barry when it comes to what he wants to do as the Flash and getting his father out of prison is one of them. So, and that's why, you know, you, you, you feel for the hero, and I think, you know, he is a hero. So I that's why I really enjoyed seeing what we saw of him. Well, as far as him being young, I mean, you know, I mean, it... Really, that's kind of the trend now, isn't it? I mean, they're on the—they're trying to make a very younger version of the Fantastic Four uh, in a new movie. You've got younger versions of uh, heroes and villains in Gotham right now. And let's face it—I mean, if they're going to put this show on the CW, he's going to have to be the age he is. <laughs> I think that's the other reason why he's um, the age that he is. I also liked, um, you know, how his costume came about. You know how they figured out a way for that to come around, and uh, you know the 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 arrow. I mean the um, the lightning bolt, the way it worked into the costume, and how it didn't really need this major explanation. I love how Cisco's putting it on the uh, uh, on the chest, and he he he's putting it there so it quote won't look boring. <laughs> so I thought that was really cool how they uh, kept it simple and kind of fun as far as getting him his costume as well. Yeah. Now. No, go on. I was just going to say really quickly, yeah, it's the costume like didn't come out of nowhere. I mean, there was a scientific reason for that suit existing, but then yeah. at the same time, you know, Cisco is a fanboy. I like how he added a little bit of pizzazz to that suit to make it look just just like the Flash costume. So it was a good, re- a really good way to introduce uh, Barry's new look. And one of the things I really like about 
this show is all the characters he ha- he has around him. And um, who, who, if we go with you, Scott, first, who do you think is the best supporting character ar- around Flash? Even though he has a lot of great people, uh, who was your favorite out of these new characters that you got to see? I would say a couple of people stand out for me. I would say Dr. Wells. I was really intrigued by him. I like I like the actor that plays him a lot. He's got really good screen presence. I was very intrigued about who he is. And we get that little tidbit of uh, you know of, of a tease there at the end of the show. I also like the detective that looks that's supposed to look after him. I thought the casting for him was really, really solid. I like him a lot. Um, and those were probably the two that's stand out for me. I think everybody's pretty solid, but those are two that stand out. Adam? Uh, I agree definitely about uh, Joe West and Harrison Wells. Harrison especially, you know, despite uh, the little sketchy scene we got near the end, uh, for now at least, it looks like he's going to be sort of one of Barry's mentors, although, you know, whether he's being sincere or not is debatable. (laughs) But but, um, I also really liked Iris, yeah, played by Candace Patton. Yeah. She is just a fantastic character. You know, they're best friends, even though we know Barry wants to get out of that friend zone. But I think she's a really good um, supporting character for him. And Candace Patton just nailed down that role really well. Um, and I also yeah. like the duo of um, Cisco and Caitlin. I, they, I know I've seen them called this before, but they're sort of like the Fitz and Simmons of the Yeah, plot. totally. They are. <laughs> That's exactly what I said. When, when that Arrow episode aired with those two, and I was like, oh my god, they just got themselves a Fitz and Simmons. Yeah. But um, yeah, Candace was really solid, too. I really like her, and she's actually uh, grew up in my neck of woods. She grew up in Plano, Texas. Oh, you, oh you're cool. cool. But, uh, no, but Candace was also one of the big standouts for me. I've been in love with this with this actress for many months since since she was cast and seeing everything of her in interviews and clips and so on and then you know seeing the pilot of course she is the kind of character that makes me want to watch television every week she's fun she is charming she is warm that's what i love because i love i think that one of the things that we see a lot in strong female characters these days is that sometimes they they lack a little bit of humor a little bit of warmth if you know what i mean and it, I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but there's a lot of them, it, it feels like to me right now in the television as well as movies. And I, I'm, I'm glad we're getting a strong female character that can actually... But she is she's strong because she's curious, she is... She, she cares, and she's just she's just fun overall. And, um, and so I think that... I, I said this on Twitter a few days ago, but that I said that Candace Penn is one of the best castings of this season. Not just for this show, but for the season, actually. I would agree with that. And but like, but like you guys mentioned, you know, they have Cisco and Caitlin, and you know, they're a lot of fun to follow. They're they're kind of like brother and sister, uh, in a <laughs> way. And um, so I like that. And uh, I I really want to spend more time with um, Eddie Fawn because he only had what three scenes, minor scenes. Yeah, we seen at the end. Yeah, we really didn't. I mean, we know he's uh, Detective West's new partner, and we know he's going out with Iris, but we really didn't get to learn that much about Eddie. Then again, considering that his past is supposed to be a mystery, I can let that go since you know we're going to slowly learn who Eddie Thawn is over the season. I'm cool with it. Yeah, and it, it all like like we 
we said a few minutes ago, it's it's only the first episode. We will have plenty of time to get to know him a lot. And yeah. uh, Joe was look, Jesse Elmar is a legend. So getting him to do a comic book show was so great. And I feel, and the thing was, this is the kind of reaction I wanted to get when we first saw Quentin Lance in season one of Arrow. But I remember I disliked him a lot in the first season. But Joe was he he's uh, just like I he's fun and he's very strong and he's and he's inspiring too. With Quentin, he was always pissed off basically <laughs> <laughs> at the poor Oliver, even though it wasn't his fault that Sarah quote unquote died. But but no, but it, it it's a great cast. I think the uh, David Rappaport, who's the cast and director for the show, he did he did a great job. And um, Harrison Wells, yeah, Tom Cavanaugh, he's uh, he's a character, really. He's so strong when you see him on the screen. It's, I, I, I remember him, especially from Scrubs. So He was so but, great in Scrubs. Yeah, oh my god. But, um, but yeah, no, but I, overall, good cast and good set of characters. I, was there any favorite scene of the individual characters that you, that you liked a lot, guys? Uh, I really like the first time that Barry chooses to utilize his powers or one of the really first and most noticeable times when he catches up to the to the villain uh, and sits in the car with him. <laughs> I thought that was a really awesome scene when he chases after the car and then literally just gets in the front seat with him. I thought that was a good scene. It was also so, kind of funny seeing Cisco wearing a rock, paper, scissors, lizard, Spock shirt. Yeah, uh, oh my god. <laughs> Actually, they, they said something about it at Comic-Con that uh, there was some Big Bang Fairy Flash um, behind-the-scenes crossover or something like that. It was it was just fun. because I, When I saw the pilot for the first time, I was, I was like, wait a minute, isn't that a shirt from the Big Bang Fairy? Yep. Is that, is that it supposed is. to be? <laughs> and... Um, I even I even think in the season one comic, uh, the season zero comic of the Flash, I think he's also wearing like a Big Bang shirt. Oh really? So, um, yeah, I think I, I think I would have to go back and um, and read, but um, no, but that 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 you know that's um and Cisco was a very fun character by the way. He's someone that I can relate to a lot. Um, he's the you know he's the comic book fan. He's the um, the fanboy, and uh, and I also think it's so cool that they actually have a Hispanic character have such a big role on the show, and it's. Uh, you know that he is—he's the the guy who makes all the good toys, and um, <laughs> who knows? Maybe one day he'll become that superhero wipe from the comic books. But um, but he was fun, and uh, I remember one of my favorite scenes was when Iris came to visit Barry at Star Labs. No, not Star Labs. What, what am I saying? At the um, at the at the station. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, yeah, and one of my favorite lines was they were talking about everything that existed in the universe up until this point, and she was like, "Does that include twerking?" <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> oh my god, that was so much fun. Did you like? Uh, did you like how when they, when uh, Oliver or when uh, Arrow and the Flash, when Oliver and uh, Barry split after talking? Yeah, that, that was that, yes. That, that, he, that he jumps off and goes cool, and then he speeds off, and then Oliver <laughs> looks at him and goes. Cool. <laughs> yeah, I remember I I yelled very loudly in the in volume twenty at Comic Con when that happened when, because that that's when they cut to you know to black just for a few seconds as it was a commercial break. So I was like, cool, <laughs> in the whole room. When you so, can impress Oliver Queen, that means you're doing something amazing. Yeah, <laughs> right. That's, even though, and we're recording uh, on um, Wednesday, October eighth, just a few hours before the um, the season premiere of Arrow. But did you notice that he is? 
a lot more cheerful. He's a lot happier. He's inspiring this time. He's he's proud to be who he is now. Yeah, he's well, growing as a moment. character. Definitely growing as a character. And and also just a minor spoiler for uh, for season for the season premiere of Arrow tonight. Apparently, we are getting a little a little cameo apparently on Arrow oh. from, the, from the Flash. That wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, <laughs> well, that's the good thing because they're both located in Vancouver and they're both a CW. Sh- they're both CW shows. They can just take a take a drive down to the set and be like, "Hi, want to do a crossover? Sure, let's do that." But um, but yeah, Team Flash with Cisco, Caitlin, and um, Harrison. I like that it's a very different team from Team Arrow. Uh, they, they they still have some similar tones, but I like that he that Flash also has a team that he's not just a one man army. Uh, I actually know one of my best friends. He likes seeing television or movies that actually has to do with the hero having a team behind him, not just him being on his, on his own. So, do, do you guys like that aspect that, that Barry has a team around him? Um, I would definitely say so because. Typically with superhero stories, at least when the heroes are first starting out, they're working by themselves. And, you know, Barry is definitely a smart guy. But even with his super speed, you know, he can't do everything by himself. And so I'm glad he has that uh, support from Harrison, uh, Caitlin, and Cisco. you know, from this, at least from a scientific standpoint, to help him out with fighting these villains or, you know, figuring out how, he's, how his powers work. And although he's technically not a member of the Team Flash, at least yet, I also like now that... Uh, Detective West is in on the secret too, and he can help Barry out if needed. Yeah, I think, I mean, it gives you also a really solid reason to have supporting cast members outside of the hero uh, that can have, that can play an integral part of each and every story without having to be the flash. And it's all this, and it's not just, you know, Grant's responsibility to carry every aspect of the show. To you know, to have supporting characters that you can become fans of, or as we were just talking about, even favorites. I mean, all those things are beneficial to geek shows and and programs like this. So I think it's when it works, it, it can be a very um, uh, uh, effective component to a program. So in this case, I mean, it obviously works. I mean, here we are talking about which ones we like and what what we like about what they do. So it, it's not only good for the Flash and the story, but it's also good for the show itself. I agree, and uh, something that I remember asking Grant Gustin about at Comic-Con, that was my actually my only question I got to ask, but I, I, I remember asking him if he would con- see himself becoming the leader at some point for the team, and he, and I think as we're talking about this team right now on the show, it, it looks like he, that he's going to let them, you know, that he's, Barry's going to let them actually take care of things for, for a while um, as he gets adjusted and so on, but, uh, and that's cool because then, the show isn't just about him, even though he's the main character. We, but we will see a lot of focus on on Cisco, on Caitlin, and Harrison, and uh, and like like you guys said, Joe West too, because now he knows that Barry is the Flash, and that was actually the, the biggest surprise to me when I saw the pilot because mm-hmm. I thought for my I thought for myself, okay, half the team will know, half the people on the show will know that he's the Flash, the other half won't, but. At this point, only Eddie and Iris doesn't know that he is the Flash. And, I mean, I kind of like that they clued Joe in because, you know, it took a season for Quentin on Arrow to become allies with, you know, the Arrow. And he still doesn't even know who the guy under the mask is. And, you know, he doesn't want to know. 
But I like that they went in the opposite direction with Joe. He found out in the first episode. He knows about Barry's powers, and he'll be able to help him uh, whenever he needs it. You know, I was also really glad to see that they made it clear in episode one that um, the accident didn't just affect one person. Yes, let's talk about that for a second because this is what's going to set up the whole metahuman universe for Arrow and the Flash because we we actually have superpowers now on the CW universe, which is kind of cool because remember in season in season one of Arrow they kept saying a lot, well we 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 will ha- not have any superpowers on the show, we, we want to k- keep it grounded and everything, and then. Baboom! One, you know, even before season two started, they were like, "Yeah, we're doing a spinoff with the Flash," and he has superpowers. So it, I like that we're gonna see. And it, 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 it kind of reminds me of Small a little bit. If um, if you guys remember the whole part of Kryptonite actually affecting normal people, and they became like meteor freaks, as they called it on the show. Uh-huh. And um, and I and I kind of like that aspect. And we in this. Week's episode, we meet um, one of the famous characters from um, the Flash mythology, Weather Wizard, mm-hmm. played by Chad Rook, and uh, it's not Mark Martin in this in this point, but it's a Clyde Martin this time. But look, we never saw a body die, so Mark Martin he could show up at some point. Maybe he has powers. But I like Chad Rook a lot as Clyde Martin. Yeah, yeah, same with me. Um, you know we. We they did a good job setting him up as this ruthless bank robber who you know would do whatever it takes to pull off the heist and uh, I mean those powers man when you can call down lightning you know create fog create a tornado that's definitely going to make pulling off heists easier but you know as we saw near the end of the episode he was uh, thinking too small but yeah <laughs> uh, Chad Rook definitely did a great job as uh, Clyde Martin and yeah he did get shot but. I'm hoping to see him again, and, you know, this is a comic show. People can come back all the time, whether they're <laughs> truly dead or not. What did you think, Scott? No, I, I yeah, I think he was he was uh, a, a solid villain. It was interesting. I remember reading some initial reactions to, um, to the pilot when I believe they showed it at Comic-Con, and somebody had actually, a couple of people had actually, uh, complained about him being kind of a cookie cutter, not a real deep villain, um, and they even compared it to some of the you know villain of the week type things that Smallville had a really bad tendency of doing sometimes. But you know, you know, whereas sometimes that bothered me in Smallville, that didn't bother me here. I thought I thought he was a good villain for the pilot episode um, because, especially since, as I said before, um, this were were two. Uh, people affected by the accident that sets the whole show up. Yeah, I I, I think Chadwick did a fine job. The only thing I would complain about about would be that we didn't get to spend enough time with him. I felt that there should have been more scenes with him, as he was the the first villain that Barry had to go up against. And uh, well, part of that's because you've got to spend so much of the first half of the show setting up Barry and him getting his powers. Yeah. By the time you're done with that, you only have so much time left. Yeah, I I totally agree with that, and uh, but yeah, he doesn't seem to be dead. Uh, actually, in um, in the TV Guide magazine that was released for Comic Con, there's they, they featured um, a few pages of a Flash comic for, for the show that they wrote specifically for Comic Con, and in that comic, 
there's a certain rogue that mentions that Martin got captured, that he they they, they got Martin. Okay. So good. So, I I should I should try to scan it to you, Adam and Scott, so you can you guys can see what it what it's all about. It's pretty cool actually. So. Yeah, but hopefully we'll see more of him later this season. I think they're waiting to bring him back. It's it could be actually be like, I I, I don't want to do too many comparisons with Age of Shield, for example. But one of the things they did in their pilot last year was that they had this character named Mike Peterson, who later became Deathlock mm-hmm. in the the, other, the the second part of the season. And what they might do is they will maybe bring Shad Rook back as Clyde Martin later down this season to perhaps start forming the Rogues. But um, but yeah, but he. The, the door is definitely open, so let's um, cross our fingers and hope he'll be back soon because I, I really want to spend more time with him. And also, Chad, he's so nice. He, he's he been so supportive of the podcast uh, throughout the whole year, and um, and he's a nice fellow. So, yeah, I hope to see him back on the show as soon as possible. Definitely. So let's talk about – we've talked about the characters. We've talked about the story and so on. Let's talk about this, the visual effects and um, the CGI and everything. This looked like a freaking movie. Yeah, I mean I'm really impressed that the CW the, – the show was able to use the CW's budget that well, especially with Barry's super speed. I mean typically when you have a character with super speed, whether it's in movies or TV, it's just sort of the fast whooshing kind of thing. And – you know, when Barry was first testing out his powers outside the police station, it was that. But man, when he has that costume on and he's running fast, it is just spectacular. You know, they have the classic lightning streaks following him. It looks phenomenal. And, you know, also uh, the weather effects that uh, for Clyde Martin were really good, too. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, we've all watched those occasional shows, even in 2014, where the CGI just you know, you, you wrestle with it. You're sitting there thinking, oh, God, that looks bad. And then you have to make excuses for it. And you're sitting there going, oh, but it's TV. It's not film. So maybe it's not so bad. Um, and I didn't find myself doing that um, here, at least in the first show, uh, when you when you consider not only, you know, as you were just alluding to, um, they had, you know, the, the speed of the flash and then they took on a villain that could change the weather. And they both worked. I never found myself you know, having to struggle with something like that and have to remind myself I'm watching TV and not be too critical. It just worked and it looked nice. Um, I think it also helped them that I don't think they overused either one of them. I don't think Barry was running around too much just for the sake of doing it. And I don't think the villain was, you know, um, overdoing it either. I think they found good balance, not only between when Barry's running, but when, when he can kind of make time slow down and he started to kind of learn that he had, you know, this kind of unique ability. I think they balanced mm-hmm. it real well, and that helped probably, you know, what they were able to pull off within their budget, but also making it work in, in a pilot and make a really good impression on everybody uh, the first episode out. Yeah, and I remember this was something that I talked to a lot with Adam when the first trailer came out. We talked about this off microphone, but I kept saying and asking, well, how will they do this every week? Because yeah. Because, look, maybe Warner Brothers Pictures is actually chiming in and giving them some of their budget. But but after seeing the ratings for this for this pilot, I, I'm pretty sure that they will be able to have a good budget for the first season. And, um, and like you said, Scott, it was a balance between using the super speed and other effects. That it wasn't just him running around for the sake of running around. He was, you know, it, it actually developed through the story. And um, so I... 
I I don't see any problems with them ha- being basically able to do a mini movie every week on uh, on the Flash. As long as the well, quality keeps up, then yeah, definitely. Well, and I think I mean they've got a plan. They figured all this stuff out. They know what they're going to do and how they're going to balance that out through the entire season. I mean, sometimes you just have to make a compelling show where the effects aren't as heavy, or you have a villain that that doesn't do these you know godlike things with their abilities. So you're not having to spend the same amount of money or time on effects. You just have to mix it up where you don't make it too light for too long or too heavy for too long. And I'm sure. Um, the amount of time that they've had to, to lay this out, they've got a plan for how they're going to make that work and keep it good all the way through. Yep. Uh, did you ha- guys have a favorite scene with um, the visuals? Um, I just thought, you know, Barry running around Clyde's tornado was impressive. It's just like kind of the climactic, there was the climactic battle and, you know, with, with the help of Cisco Wells and uh, Caitlin, he was able to defeat him. And I just, I thought it was really cool. Well, yeah, I mean, like I said, my, my favorite was him catching up to the car and getting into the car. Um, you know, that, that <laughs> the look on his yeah, face like, when he sees like, Clyde, he's like, sure what he just did. <laughs> and the next thing he knows, what are you doing? The guy. Yeah. <laughs> and by the way, what's up with this whole thing where everybody, every bad guy in this show is driving a Mustang? I drive a Mustang. <laughs> I'm not a well, bad CW guy. CW gets a good deal on them. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I love that scene. Yeah, that's uh, like Adam. That that scene with him running around the tornado. That's also one of my favorite scenes. But I think one, it's it's an it's it's it is an iconic moment in a way when you see Barry run for the first time, you know, in in some sort of control when uh, when he's out there at the Ferris Air Field. And by the way, Green Lantern shout out that was trending worldwide. By the way, you guys, Ferris Air on Twitter, <laughs> Ferris Air, and. Um, Oh my god, it was... No, this show is just so fun. It's... It it makes me happy as a comic book fan, as a television critic, and as as well as a podcaster, to see... to see how far we've come in superhero television since... I, I don't know when, but since the early beginning of superhero shows. And... Um, 60s. I... I 1960s, 60s, yeah. And uh, so yeah, it's... No, it's it was. Yeah, I I I loved every special effects scene, and something that I need to point out is the direction that they had by David Nutter, who is the king of pilots. Now, did he also do the Arrow pilot, or like what other type yes. of uh, episodes has he done? Smallville, uh, okay. Game of Thrones, I think, okay. and Arrow, and now the Flash, and um, so yeah. When is he directing? A Green Lantern TV show mm-hmm. pilot, <laughs> but uh, no, I I think p- getting him to do this pilot was fantastic. He pretty much sets up the tone for the rest of the show, and um, the writing by Andrew Kreisberg and Greg Belanti and Jeff Johns it it felt like reading a Flash comic, uh, but on t- TV. Yeah, it's interesting because you know you were asking me about my <laughs> about my history with Flash comics. I mean, I've just I'm just one of those people when I was growing up the the ac- the accessibility to comic books just wasn't there. Um, so I don't, I don't have the depth of that, but as we well know, thanks to the fact that geek culture has gotten so big now, we have a lot of people that are getting other opportunities to get to know characters and get familiarity with them and get interested in them like movies and TV. And it's interesting for somebody like me. I mean, I always knew who the flash was. I knew what his abilities were. I knew the costume and, you know, other elements that, 
uh, that made him who he is. But as someone who did not uh, get a chance to read a lot of those comic books back in the day, you know, I often found myself wondering, okay, so he can run fast. So <laughs> what, you know, I mean, I, I can think of how Superman and Batman and all those guys use their abilities to foil crimes and stop the bad guys. And I always wondered, you know, I wonder how does super speed create ways to stop, you know, the bad guys that he faces? And I think that's why, and I, and I bet I'm not alone with people that are tuning into the, to this show for the first time who also don't have as much, you know, comic familiarity with them. And I think they chose a really good way to show you that right out of the gate with, uh, with, um, being able to counter the tornado that the, uh, villain was making in this episode. So as uh, as somebody who is already liking this show and doesn't have the depth of comic familiarity with him, I'm very interested to see what other ways uh, the Flash can use his abilities to uh, fight the bad guys. I totally agree with what you're saying. And, that's, and I like that approach that anyone can come in and watch the show. You don't need to have read all the comics. or You, you don't even need to have seen Arrow uh, before this, but although if you're not watching Arrow... What the heck? But <laughs> it's 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 like for, like for me, I my big sister she doesn't read comic books and she wasn't familiar with the Flash when the show was announced. So, and uh, I actually talked to her on the phone this um this morning and we were talking about the show and she and she said I'm so glad that I that this is a show that you can get into easy. You don't need to have read Flashpoint or Reeb or whatever those books are called. And um, so yeah, it's 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 great stuff and um. And I think we pretty much covered most of the things. I ha- anyone want to bring up their favorite scene? Well, if we're gonna go into you know the sort of shout outs to the fans, you know Easter eggs, sort of hinting at stuff to come. If uh, <laughs> yeah. if you uh, notice during the scene where uh, Barry and Wells are you know walking down the hallway talking, mm. you'll notice that there was there's a broken cage which uh, yep. looked like it housed <laughs> a certain gorilla. Yep. Uh, Grod perhaps yeah. i don't know like of all the of all the easter eggs they could have put uh into the pot i was not expecting grod to be acknowledged this quickly i figured grod would have come way farther down the line like at at maybe like during the second half of the first season but i was not expecting the first episode yeah that- well that's this is what happens when you have craig bland yeah. because he I, he loved like if you have an idea for episode five he's gonna be like well put it in episode one <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I remember covering this. Uh, we talked about it on Assembly of Geeks because we were we were closely following the news and developments as the show was coming together. And I remember when the um, uh, photo got leaked of that broken cage uh, and circle and circled the internet. We talked about um, you know how crazy that would be to see uh, Grodd appear in, uh, you know, on television. You know, we were talking about CGI and how they're going to do that. That should be fascinating <laughs> how, how his appearance will show up. Um, but yeah, it was pretty cool uh, and kind of surprising to see that right out of the gate that that, um, that, that photo that we saw uh, made its first appearance in the pilot. I'm still saying any circuit for Gorilla Grodd because why not? He did Gollum. He's Caesar now in those yeah. uh, Planet of Apes movies, so he's the man for the job. There you go. Yeah, so can we can we please get him? <laughs> and um, no, I have no idea how they're gonna do Grodd, but I can't. That was my favorite Easter egg because there were so many of them, and um, that was my favorite. I loved seeing that they were able to 
point this out so early in the show that they're not they're, they're not going to this point of saying well we don't know yet if we can make rod work they're saying we can make rod work but it's all about the timing exactly but um another of my favorite scenes was um like i said the john the ship and grand gustin scene i cried it it hurt because because it was also so fun to see the the previous flash with the current flash in the same room together because that was something i'd been waiting to see ever since they announced that oh john the ship is joining the show in a big role and um I I liked the flashbacks to Barry's past, and uh, I remember Adam. I, I asked you this, what you thought about this months ago. But do you guys think that Flash is gonna have like a flashback structure like they have on Arrow, even though they don't have an island, but they have nine months of time where they they can show us multiple things? Um, I don't think that they're going to do it every episode like Arrow does. But considering that the actress playing Barry's mother has been uh cast as a recurring character, I definitely think that we'll get, you know, a few flashbacks sprinkled in here and there throughout the season. So, and, you know, if they want to use, if they want to utilize John Wesley Shipmore, you know, past being just, you know, a prisoner, I think that would be a good way to include, is to include him in flashbacks, you know, as Barry's dad raising him when he's a kid. So, yeah, I, I think they're definitely going to use flashbacks as much as they can. Yeah, especially with that storyline. I mean, you know, I mean, it was a major part of the pilot, and they're not going to just let that go yet. Um, you know, they still got to find out who did it. And on top of that, how the accident and whatever was going on in his living room with his mom that day tie into what's going on now. So I think that's going to be, you know, one of those side stories that evolves in flashback and, you know, and, and tie into shows regularly as the first season goes along. Now, as we're starting to run up our discussion about the pilot, let's move over to the final scene. Because, and it, it, did you guys notice that in a way it was kind of like a post credit scene? Like in the movies for Marvel and so on? With Dr. Wells? Mm hmm. It, it kind of, I know there wasn't any credits after the title card at the end, but it still felt like. Yeah, in a way. I mean, a it's. Bit like a post credit it, scene. It's just a you know, a quick tease. And I, like I said, I, I wondered if there was more to him than what we were getting. I found myself really asking questions about him throughout that episode. So for it to end like that, I thought, you know, the show did exactly what it was designed to do. And, you know, there were Easter eggs in that newspaper, that 2024 newspaper too, the, uh, the mm -hmm. Wayne tech queen, uh, merger and oh, red skies. Vanish. I, I, <laughs> so, do you know how frustrated I was when I got home from Comic-Con? I was sitting there thinking, I can't talk to anyone about this. <laughs> and rightly <laughs> so. It's a it was a huge deal. Yeah. So, Adam, what is it that happens in that scene? What is it we learn about Harrison? Well, first you see Harrison uh, up, you know, in his wheelchair near a wall, but then he presses the wall, and suddenly the wall opens up all, you know, futuristic style. It's clear that, you know, the technology is not from this time. And he rolls in there, and then... Surprise, surprise, he gets up from his wheelchair. Yeah. The man can walk. And he takes off his glasses, and he goes to, up to a control panel and pulls up, uh, I think, a scanned copy of a front, uh, the front page of a newspaper from April 25th, 2024. And the main headline is, Flash Missing, Vanishes in Crisis. And it shows, you know, Barry is the Flash, except one thing, quick thing to note, He's not wearing the same costume that he wore in this pilot. It's actually a costume that's, you know, 
brighter red, it looks way more similar to what he's wearing in the comic books. I, I remember someone pointing out on the internet thinking that it looked a lot like the Injustice version of the costume. And um, I know it was because it looked, you saw that it was pre- very CGI-y. So it, it was kind of hard to tell. But yeah, it looks very much like the classic costume, either, whether it's from the New 52 or from the Injustice game or whatever. But um, we'll, there, there's also mention of Red Sky Vanishes. Mm-hmm. I, don't know what, I don't know what that means. Neither do I, to be honest. <laughs> I was reading over that in, a, in an Entertainment Weekly um, article that was mentioning both the Wayne Tech Queen merger and the Red Skies Vanish, and uh, it pointed out the crisis mentioned in the headline is the Crisis on Infinite Earths, mm-hmm. uh, ah, DC Comics' okay. first major crisis that ended with the death of Barry Allen. Well, <laughs> the future can be changed. Yeah. So... But in that, and but in that I, same article, there's tons of theories as to who Dr. Wells is. I mean, literally everything yeah. from future Barry Allen to Kronos to several other things. So, you know. Well, well, before, well we're going to get to that in a minute. But I just wanted to point out that the fact that we, they were able to mention Wayne Tech, mm-hmm. what, does this, what does this mean for the CWDC universe now? Because we know we can't have Batman on TV because... Apparently, that's a bad thing for the movies, but, you know, whatever. But what do you guys think is the deal with that? Do you, th- do you think we're going to see something like that in the next com- upcoming season of Arrow? Because that's obviously, that ties in with Arrow because it's about Oliver Queen and supposedly Bruce Wayne. Some people have speculated, what if it's just, what if in this universe, Thomas and Martha Wayne never died? Yeah, um, it's difficult because, yeah, like you said, the movies and TV shows are separate we're not. I I really doubt we're going to see Bruce Wayne on either mm-hmm. Arrow or The Flash. But I wouldn't be surprised if Wayne Tech, just the company itself, were to maybe pop up here and there on Arrow and The Flash. Um, considering that this newspaper headline is from the year 2024, unless these shows are still on 10 years from now, or you know maybe they'll do a time right. jump <laughs> at some point, I don't think that this Queen Consolidated Wayne Tech merger will really be addressed in either show. I think it's more of a tease. But as far as Wayne Tech goes, yeah, maybe it's a company we might see again in the future. Yeah, I totally agree. I don't I don't think there's going to be any heavy Batman stuff tied into either one of them. I think it's it's just, you know, kind of a side player and just kind of a nice way of tying other components of other characters and franchises from the DC universe into the program. Yeah, but let's talk about Harrison Wells now for a second. Here's my, here are my theories. One, he is Jay Garrick from the future. Uh, two, he's Hunter Solomon. I don't think he is any form of a fun Professor Zoom character. If he's Reverse Flash, he's probably Hunter Solomon. Um, that's what the, that's that's what I think. What do you guys think? Well, and I mean, he is uh, it's, he is keeping secrets, but it's also possible that maybe Harrison Wells isn't a bad guy per se. Like you said, maybe he's Jay Garrick, or maybe he's just someone he knows that Flash is going to go missing in whatever this crisis is. So maybe he's traveled back in time to help Barry, help him grow as a hero. I mean, I really don't. That would make a lot yeah. of sense. Yeah, I mean, I've I've heard that. Um, 
you know, the Professor Zoom reverse flash theory. It was also in the Entertainment Weekly article. That article also went into, you know, fans saying that, you know, Eddie Thawne is reverse flash. And the, and the writer of this pointed out that, you know, things that Arrow has done that might, you know, make ex- make excuses for why they might do things a little differently because you had two versions of Deathstroke. You had Roy mm-hmm. Harper and Thea both called Speedy at some point in time. You had two Merlins. <laughs> so yeah, that that was know. the biggest one when they revealed that Tommy Merlin Tommy Merlin was never evil; that he died as a hero. Yeah. So that's a good point. But but if you look look at this factor, Eddie Fawn is supposed to have his mysterious past, and he's harboring a dark secret now. Unless the dark secret was that he was dating Iris. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, but seriously, I thought, what, is, wait, is that the big secret? No, it, it's not, there's nothing dark about that. It's, it's, in a way, it's kind of cute. No, it's but just, it's CW, that's what that is. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, I, I, and I mean it in the best way I can, but what would a CW show be without a triangle? That's right. True. So no offense to them. No, it's, it's not a, be a fun no offense. It's just it, you know, it's just part of the formula, par for the course. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, but there's something effed up about <laughs> Harrison Wells. I can't swear on this podcast. I'm sorry. It's a it's a family show. It's well, you know, it, it it's and I think obviously, like I said, I was asking questions the entire episode, and that's what I think he's meant to do. I don't think the answer to this is going to happen quickly. Um, I think of a little bit of like uh, Noah in Heroes, how in the beginning you thought he was bad, you know, uh, you know, hunting down people with powers, and then you realize, holy crap, his own daughter has this, now she's in trouble, and then you find out he's really trying to protect her, and he's not really a bad guy, but he's got some kind of, you know, dark ways of handling certain things, um, but you were literally trying to figure it out for, for multiple episodes before you kind of figured out who, you know, kind of where he stood on things, and, you know, I could see Dr. Wells being very similar, that, you know, one show you think he's good, one show you think he's bad, and eventually you mm-hmm. realize you may realize it's somewhere in between or it goes in a direction that none of us saw coming or very few of us saw coming. That care Noah on Heroes, he stressed the F <laughs> out of me for the first season. I I remember I because I saw the show for the first time on Netflix um during the summer and I remember calling calling Adam being like, Adam, this dude is stressing me out. I don't know if I can trust him, if I can if I can believe well, everything he's saying. He, he I got stomach pain because well, of guess him. what? They're in. They're developing uh, a reboot of Heroes called Re- uh, Heroes Reborn, and he Heroes is Reborn. one of the only people from the old series that I think is confirmed to be involved. So get so ready for more stuff. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but going, but going back to the Flash, yeah, that that I could see him being the Noah of the show. That he he is he is kind of a hero, but he does it in his own ways, and it could it can be questioned, but you will still follow him. But um, no, but overall, as we're closing out on the hour mark, because we want to get to feedback from the listeners, I am getting given this pilot a five out of five. There's no nothing wrong with this pilot. Oh, oh, I I just wish it was longer. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, I I, t- I tend to like to give to rate shows on a grading scale because you can give a show an A and it's still not perfect. Um, and I would I would I think that this show deserves a, a B plus or an A. So far, the pilot. I'll do a bit of a mix. I'll go with a 10-star rating system. Uh, I would say 9.5. You know, I have never seen, like, I don't think I've ever seen really a perfect episode of TV, but this Flash pilot came very, very close. Yeah. 
and um, yeah, and that's our discussion about um, the the Flash pilot for this week. But we're gonna take a few minutes now to see what you guys felt about the pilot. You, the listeners, and um, and Scott, as you're new, now the new host, what do you what do you have for us from the Twitterverse? Well, um, all very positive reactions, very much like um, like ours. Uh, Gray Sombre says, I love the BBC Sherlock-type filming in the beginning. Um, <laughs> we were just talking about Noah Bennett. <laughs> we actually have a user here <laughs> named at Noah Bennett uh, JLA who says... That is so creepy, <laughs> yeah. by the way. That, oh, my God. <laughs> so little, little did we know that Noah Bennett was going to have such a prominent role in a Flash, uh, Flash podcast, but there you go. Mm-hmm. Um, he says, episode one was great, but I have no doubt episode two was going to be even better, considering the trailer we all just witnessed. Drew Hamilton 1 says, I had heard good things about the premiere, but it exceeded my expectations. Favorite show of the fall. Uh, Savvy Hobbit says, my feedback, better than my history homework, and like everything else <laughs> in the world. <laughs> to be Very fair, nice. a lot of things are better than history homework, but yeah, <laughs> definitely. Everything homework is homework. Homework. <laughs> homework in general. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, TV Tag Flash says, heart, angst, action, fantastic pilot all around. The scene between Grant Gustin and John Wesley Ship was the highlight for me. Before we move on, I just want to say TV Tag Flash are also some good friends of ours. They TV Tag is where you can get TV stickers every day, for every night for various shows. So, and we're doing something a little team up with them, which we'll we probably we will probably talk about it later in the season. Okay. But they're good friends of ours, so make sure to check out them over Twitter at TV Tag Flash. Awesome. Um, at Sue Brody one says the Flash was fantastic. So much fun, great story. Grant was perfectly cla- cast, perfectly cast. Uh, love all of the characters. Rockstar01 says, That was well beyond my expectations. I enjoyed every minute and can't wait for more next week. And Unbreakable75 says, That show was absolutely amazing. It was more fun. I, I'm sorry, and now I'm adding words. <laughs> it was more than I could have ever hoped for, and then some. The Flash, hashtag the Flash rules. Hell yeah. That right. rounds it out nicely, when I say it right. <laughs> yeah. We have a couple more, I think. Yeah. Oh, okay, there is there is some more. I was on page one and didn't realize there's reactions. page two. <laughs> yeah, we ha- guys, we had a lot yeah, of we did. So okay. We, you know, we, we only had time for a couple of them, so. Uh Roulette Tammy says the Flash podcast, it was great. Me uh and my boys found another family show we can watch together. Thanks, keep up the good work. Oh, thank you. And yeah, the show that's the thing Greg Blandy even tweeted about that he that he was hoping to hear that a lot of families were watching the show together. And that's what they can do. I had some of my friends that have kids, they were watching it together, and they said, what a great show, because some of their, their kids, they can't watch Arrow right now because of their age. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Emmanuel uh, Vesiana says, I love it. It was absolutely amazing. I honestly can't wait for next weekend's, or next week's episode. Great work, DC Comics. Grace and Life says, I effing loved it. <laughs> it was amazing. <laughs> I had to I had to rest. <laughs> The end with Grant Gustin crying really got to me. Velvet Redhead 
says, about as exciting a premiere I, as I've ever seen. Captured the joy beautifully. Won over my skeptical hubby in a big way. That's so good. we're not only winning over awesome. fans, we're winning over skeptics. <laughs> <laughs> Miss Eek says, loved it, and I have to wonder how many Easter eggs I missed. Oh, I'm Film sure there were a lot more. Oh, I'm sure too, yeah. And we missed, yeah. Uh, Film Fatale, NYC, says, The Flash was everything I hoped for and more. My new TV addiction. Indigo 15 says, Loved the Flash premiere. Exceeded my expectation. Grant is brilliant. Amazing cast. And what an ending. Mind blown. Mike Schmidt says, The Flash podcast, it's... See, I, ha- I can't always tell whether they're talking. They're saying that to you about your show. Oh, it's, or- that's, they're men- that's what they're mentioning. <laughs> okay. uh, it's an amazing show. Grant Gustin and John Wesley Strip nearly brought me to tears. Uh, Chad Rook destroyed it, literally. Yes, he did. That poor bar. That poor bar. Isn't it interesting, though, how, and I mean, and understandably so, the common theme here is um, exceeded expectations. Yeah. No. I, yeah, and I know there was a lot of fans that were very, very excited about the show. But there were fans that were like, I don't know, a Flash TV show. I don't know. But yeah, but it was fun to see a lot of people being having their expectations exceeded. And um, and also, by the way, a little shout out to Mike Schmidt 09 on the Twitter because he's the guy who wrote our theme song for the podcast. Make sure to check out his Flash Oprah over at SoundCloud.com/slash Flash Oprah. The man's talented. He is talented. And uh, and those were all our tweets, I believe. But Adam, do we have any emails? Yes, we do. This one comes to us from Craig McDonald. And he says, A great start to the series. Lots of teases for future storylines, like Reverse Flash, Gorilla Grodd. Top-notch special effects. I'm writing this the morning after the show is aired, and it reportedly had very good ratings. 4.5 million viewers. Third highest series debut in CW history. Wow. So hopefully we'll get not only a full season, but a second season as well, if ratings hold up. Also excited by the pictures released by Jeff Johns of Wentworth Miller as Captain Cold, and the trailer for the upcoming episodes featuring Cold, Multiplex, an old Firestorm villain, and The Mist, an old Starman villain. Here's hoping The Flash has a long, fun run, no pun intended, on television. No, you you meant the pun, dude. You meant it. Yeah, you (laughs) meant (laughs) it. Yeah, and uh, guys, thank you so much for all your feedback about the episode. We had so many tweets that I could barely find the tweets because my my timeline pretty much exploded because I couldn't find anything. So it took me hours to put, to take out all the tweet, take the tweets that we wanted to to read. And th- like I said, I'm sorry we didn't get to get read all of them, but um, we read as many as we could. But guys, thank you so much for tweeting us and emailing us. And if you want to be part of the show, you can email us or tweet us every week. That's right. Every week you can tweet and email us about your thoughts about each episode of The Flash. And you will get the information right now in a few seconds, actually, because we're about to wrap up our episode discussion and our feedback section and go into plugging our stuff where you can find us so first of all you know where you can find the flash podcast over at the flashpodcast.com that's the official website you guys twitter at the flash podcast like us on facebook.com slash the flash podcast you can also become part of our google plus circle 
that is run by our good friend Hank from T Fanatic. And make sure to check out his work on T Fanatic because it's amazing. And um, we also have a Facebook group called The Flash Podcast. And just uh, ask for membership and you will get in right away where you can come and talk about The Flash, Arrow, DC television stuff, DC movies, anything geeky basically. And uh, you can find us on Stitcher Radio and iTunes. And and also, if you want to support us, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review us. What do you think about the podcast? What do you think about the TV show? Let us know. And the more ratings and reviews we get, the more noticeable and higher up we get in the iTunes store. So mo- more people can find the podcast because not everyone uses Facebook and Twitter. Even though I don't know how that's possible because what w- what would the world be without Facebook or Twitter? I don't know. It's... Um, okay, that's a that's a dark that's the darkest timeline. Community hashtag, and but and you can also fi- uh, email us at theflashpodcast@gmail.com. Also, I want to give some quick shout outs to some of our good sponsors and sponsors and friend, uh, TV Tag, the ra- the Mixed Radio Network. We're gonna go and be part of that network uh, uh, from next starting next Wednesday, when you'll be able to hear the show live on the Mixed Radio Network. Uh, stay tuned for more information. Uh, of the airtime, and um, you can also. I also want to t- thank Sap to it, who's been so supportive of us, and uh, and uh, they're they're a great website covering a lot of TV shows, and also the Stream TV. You can find them on Twitter, and uh, they are they are an after show network basically. So every like your favorite shows, Arrow, Shield, Flash. Gotham, whatever you like, they have a lot of great after shows, and we recently got a nice shout out from the the guys who host the, that after show. So thank you so much. Who knows? Maybe we'll have you on the podcast in the future, and uh, you can find them on Twitter, like I said, on the, the the Stream TV, and you can find their YouTube channel right there and their website. And uh, and uh, and guys, where can we find your stuff on the internet? We, let's start with you, Scott. Um, well, I am the uh, producer and one of the hosts of the Assembly of Geeks podcast. We um, have a weekly show every Tuesday. Uh, it's kind of uh, it's a very unique podcast. It's uh, like a story plus geek talk, and you'll see what that means if you get a chance to hear it. But we cover a lot of stuff. Just in this last week, uh, we talked about Harry Potter, The Dark Crystal, Agent Carter, Star Wars Rebels, uh, this whole theory of Boba Fett, possibly uh, the one who killed Aunt Beru and Uncle Owen in Episode 4 and what that meant. And I'm sure we're also going to be talking about this show as well, uh, like I said, as we did leading up to the premiere. And that's at assemblyofgeeks.com. And on uh, Twitter, it's at Geeks Assemble. And I'm on Twitter at Mr. Scott Murray, and that's M-R Scott, M-U-R-R-A-Y. And Adam, and you, Adam, you have some exciting news to talk about regarding Cinema Blend. I do. I recently became a writer for CinemaBlend.com. I am awesome. covering their uh, comic book, thank you, uh, their comic book uh, movie and TV news mostly. I also do editorial speculation, stuff like that. So make sure to check out my articles there. Uh, the best way people can find those articles, as well as just find me on the internet in general, is to follow me on Twitter. And I recently changed my Twitter handle, so good thing I'm saying it now. Uh, <laughs> at Mr. Adam Holmes. Thought I deserve to be called Mr. now. <laughs> well, that, no well that's because I get... <laughs> Every exactly, so many other Adam Holmes. Exactly, yeah. so many other Adam Holmes stuff were taken. <laughs> 
And I'm on Twitter at Anu, but I don't feel I need to be called Mr. <laughs> I, I want to say, though, too, I, the congratulations on becoming a writer for Cine, Cinema Blend. I've been a longtime fan of their site. And um, when we do news on the show, we uh, frequently uh, pull it from Cinema Blend and are tweeting out their stuff all the time. So I'll definitely look uh, for some stuff to share that uh, you've written as well. Oh, thanks, man. I appreciate it. Sure. Yeah, and uh, and we will be back next week, you guys. But want to hear some spoilers for next week's episode? As as we said in the season zero finale, we're we, we at the end of the episode of each episode, we will talk about the trailer that aired for the next episode. We will read the official description, and uh, so if you don't want to be spoiled, if you don't want to stick around, uh, but if you're not sticking around for spoilers, um, I'm Annie Babacht. No, I'm Adam. And I'm Scott. Wow, really? No one said their last name? I'm Scott okay, Murray. Whatever. <laughs> Adam Holmes. I was just no, kidding. I'm Mr. But Scott yeah. Murray. <laughs> Mr. Adam Holmes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. If we're not seeing you in the spoiler section, we'll see you next time on the Flash Podcast. that you're invincible, you're not. I know his weakness. This blur is a man. I'm in over my head. This was a mistake. He doesn't think he's capable. And as long as you continue to doubt him, he will fail. Go stop him. When I'm out there helping people, making a difference, you're all out there with me. We were all struck by that lightning. The streak lives. And what you just heard was the long version of the, the latest trailer of uh, The Flash. It's, it shows you the, the upcoming episodes featuring Captain Cold, Multiplex, The Mist, as well as... A kiss between Felicity Smoke and Barry Allen? Which we can all be jealous of, yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, um, and yeah, we, what we're going to do in this in, for our first spoiler section is we're going to talk a little bit about this trailer, and then we're going to read the official description for next week's episode and speculate what's going to happen in that episode. So, damn, Captain Cold is awesome. <laughs> he, he uh, Wentworth's bringing like, a lot of intensity to that role, and, you know... Just going off that brief trailer, I, I remember he said something like that red blur, that red flash, whatever, is a man. 
which leads me to wonder if, you know, you know, because of Barry's super speed, he's running around so fast that no one up until that point has really kind of gotten a good look at him. Mm-hmm. So the fact that uh, Cold has figured that out just proves, like, how intelligent the man really is. What about you, Scott? I mean, yeah, I mean, you can you can see that a lot of things that they set up um, are going to continue to be factors as at least uh, the season goes along, ranging from the situation with uh, Barry's parents, his relationship um, with the people around him, and then what is the deal with Dr. Wells? <laughs> I think those are all going to be continuing yeah. factors throughout the season. It's pretty clear. And we get some pretty good shots of... Um, Barry in action while running. It, it looks once again like a movie, uh-huh. and um, man, I want that costume now. It's one of the most impressive like, costumes I wanted... I've seen for any superhero project. Yeah, one of the things we see in this trailer is that Barry is struggling with his powers, and see, that's what makes an origin story so perfect, where the hero is actually making mistakes, he's not able to do everything that he thinks he can do, and People are questioning him. so And that's, like I said, that's a perfect origin story. And um, we see Multiplex. We see a lot of him. Yes, we do. Multiple times. (laughs) (laughs) Punny. Okay, that was horrible. But uh, no, but it it, it looks cool. And, you know, that's one of the things that we mentioned in... um, in season zero, was it? It's kind of cool to see that they're going to use some villains that are not part of the Flash mythos necessarily. If uh-huh. you know what I mean, because he's a Firestorm villain. Yeah, well, Firestorm is coming to the show, so it kind of makes sense that he's that he's also featuring. But it's it's a fun second villain to play around with, and it's also not that special effects dependent. All it really needs they they just need to replicate him a couple times. I think that I don't think that is as expensive to do as like a tornado or someone running super fast well and you know my understanding is that cisco in the comics ends up being the superhero vibe and caitlin ends up being the supervillain killer frost you almost have to wonder you know when when that is if they're gonna you know become what they're supposed to be now granted as we mentioned in the program uh arrows had some fun with how they roll those things out or who gets to be what but it'll be interesting to see uh you know if that takes any kind of form uh throughout the season because right now they're just helping Barry out. And I think that's pretty much their roles for now. I don't think we're going to see Kill Frost or, or Vibe anytime soon. But you never know with this show. We whoever, Did anyone ever think we would ever get to see Ra's al Ghul Arrow? <laughs> so I'm, <laughs> it's a good example if you know what I mean. So it's... No, but this trailer is what a season trader is supposed to do. It's supposed to hook you in, in every level, and um, I-, I was just caught off by guard of the Felicity kiss. Oh, I wasn't. The only thing that caught me off guard by that is just because she's been like, she's had like two or three romantic rumors roll out uh, as it relates to Arrow, and then we see that in <laughs> in The Flash, so, you know. Oliver's gonna be pissed yeah. if he Oliver's finds gonna out. Oliver's gonna beat Barry well, there you go. That's why episode eight of Flash is called Flash versus Arrow because they're fighting about Felicity. Oh, man, no, no, God, please, no, no, hell no. That's not the case, thankfully. But um, no, it's um, it's a good trailer, and um, they did release uh, a new trailer for the second episode only, like for thirty seconds, and you see Multiplex being 
the, the villain of the week, and um, it looks fun. And uh, but we see that Barry is str- struggling a, once again with his powers. And uh, do you guys think it's going to be something that will happen a lot throughout the first season, or do you think he's going to start getting in control as we get to the mid-season finale in December? Um. Yeah, I think for at least the first couple of episodes, you'll you'll see him sort of not maybe not necessarily always struggling, but sort of trying to get a good grip on his powers. I do think though that by the end of the first season, for the most part, he'll have good control over his super speed. You know, I don't, I'm not necessarily sure he'll be time traveling or anything like that. But as far as you know, the running and stuff goes, I think he'll have a good handle on it. Yeah, I mean, at this stage of the game, he has to. He has to be learning it. You know, I mean, it, you have to be kind of you know, true to those things. You know, I heard Roger Ebert talk a lot about that when it came to, especially people Grant's age, how they would legitimately act once they realize they have superpowers. And of course, they're going to always be running around, testing it, and maybe showing it off in a certain way that might be good or bad. Um, I think he'll be faced with a lot of that stuff. And then once he gets control of it, then the question becomes, well, what else can I do with this? What else can I make happen? What else can I try? And those will start new challenges as the as the show goes along. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm so excited for next week's episode. And it's and what's what's the description of that week's ep- of that episode? Uh, uh, next week's episode is called "Fastest Man Alive," and here's the official description. Barry escorts Iris to a university gathering honoring scientist Simon Stagg, played by guest star William Sadler. When six gunmen storm the event, Barry changes into the Flash and tries to stop them. While he does save a man's life, he passes out before he can capture the robbers, which frustrates him. As Dr. Wells, Caitlin, and Sisko scramble to find out what's wrong with Barry, Joe comes down hard on Barry for taking the law into his own hands and risking his life. Barry realizes it wasn't Six Gunmen, but a metahuman named Danton Black, played by guest star Michael Christopher Smith, who can make multiples of himself. Meanwhile, Iris becomes even more intrigued by the Red Streak, and this episode will be directed by David Nutter, <clears throat> with the story by Greg Berlanti and Andrew Kreisberg, and teleplay by Andrew Kreisberg and Jeff Johns. I'm looking forward to see how Iris is going to... Um seek down the red streak I, I know it says she becomes more intrigued by the red streak and i i hope that changes to the flash pretty soon because if, if i start saying the red streak that that's when i know that i'm doing something wrong because he's supposed to be called a flash but maybe he needs to earn that name and uh, and there's an episode i know called the flash is born i i think it's episode six maybe that's when he will actually get the hopefully. name hopefully but uh but no this episode sounds very exciting the trailer looks Pretty awesome and um, multiplies. It's gonna be, it's gonna be fun to see him in live action for the first time. Well, how awesome that William Sadler's in it. Now remind and me, now look, where am I? Well, to... uh, he's been in a number of things. He was in Shawshank Redemption. He was in uh, Die Hard Two. Uh, but I mean, being a guy from the '80s, I can't help but think of him playing the Grim Reaper in Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. <laughs> so <laughs> it's a really good actor. Really good. Uh, plays a lot of strong characters. It'll be good to see him on TV. And if you're a if you're a fan of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, then you recently saw him playing the President of the United States in Iron Man three. That's right. I keep forgetting that. Why do I keep forgetting that? Yeah. <laughs> that's that's correct. But uh, but yeah, I think that's going to wrap up our speculations for future episodes. And uh, we will be back next week with uh, a new episode again. And uh, thank you so much for joining us for our first episode. And um, we'll see you next time. <laughs>